I am Suzanne Legrand, and this is The Shaman's Notebook. Today, I bring you The Case of the Screaming Sciatica. Irene Jones is a poet, a former union organizer, a teacher, and a storyteller with a love of houses and a story for each one of the many houses she's lived in throughout the country. Five feet tall with flame-red hair, she speaks with a southern accent about growing up in the rural south, and her grandmother and her mother's anger, and her decision as a child to be the one in the family who would see the good in people. To create a different life, with different values than those she had inherited, Irene moved far away from her family and lived in many houses across the country. These days, when she stands, she waits for her knees to remember to hold her weight. Each footstep is painstaking, so as to minimize the pain in her lower back, the osteoarthritis in both feet, the sciatica in both hips. It's the sciatica that's really bothering her at the moment. Sometimes she tells me the pain in her hips is so bad she can't sleep at night. Unlike Western medical doctors, I am not dispassionate. I am a shaman and also Irene's friend. I adore her. I have a personal stake in her getting better. I want to hear her stories, and I know that to the extent she heals her hip pain, she will heal me as well. For those of you who may not be familiar with shamanism, shamans are medicine men and women who have existed in every culture. Before there was a medical profession, people would go to shamans to help heal their illness. Unlike a Western doctor, a shaman sees the individual's illness as expressing a disease that exists in the collective. To find a cure, a shaman goes on a journey in search of the root cause of the disease, which begins with one person, but ends up healing the whole collective. Healing, you might say, is holographic. Every person who comes to me for a healing shows me a mirror of something within me that is also in need of healing. I've had intense hip pain on and off for years. Sitting for long periods of time doesn't help, When the pain is intense, it feels as if my hips are screaming at me. Maybe if I figure out why Irene's hips are hurting, I will also get some clues as to what my hips are trying to tell me. What's the message? This is the question that I begin every healing with. The body speaks. It's always speaking to us, literally and symbolically but we're not in the habit of listening. Most of us live in a world disconnected from our bodies, in a state of semi-numbness, where the virtual world dominates our time and attention. If we ignore the body's subtler messages, the body resorts to more direct, less subtle ways to get the message to us. Pain being a message we can't ignore. The body speaks in sensations, hot, cold, sharp, prickly, aching, tingling, tightness. 
The body also speaks symbolically. For example, the hips allow a person to be autonomous, to move on their own, to stand up on their own two feet. I do some research and find out that symbolically hips hold our deepest beliefs, our root or ancestral knowledge, our relationships, and what connects us to our physical earthly life, our relationship with our mother, our home, our emotions, our fears, our money. In Does the Body Lie?, Luis Martin Simos says that hips have to do with flexibility on one hand and feelings of valuation or devaluation on the other. Devaluation fits for Irene. Her reaction to the anger of her grandmother and the animosity of her mother was to maintain a positive attitude while often being belittled and emotionally abused by them. Simos also says that hip flexibility may be a response to someone else's attempt to influence you. When someone in your life violates your own deeply held values and you go along with it, you are in effect too flexible, too willing to bend to the will of another. The cost is your own mobility and autonomy. Hip pain may thus be an indication you've compromised your fundamental values. You can't move forward in your life and at the same time act against your own needs and desires without painful consequences. Irene is married to a narcissist whom she feels responsible for. He talks a lot about her family money and what he will do when she inherits it. She disagrees with his plans but doesn't tell him directly because he dismisses her opinions. If part of the hips function is to enable us to be autonomous, Irene's hips may be telling her that meeting her husband's needs at the expense of her own is costing her. She can't move forward in her life while acting against her own values. So I do a healing on Irene, and she reports back to me that she's feeling better and that the pain has subsided somewhat. But she still has good days and not-so-good days. But here's what I learned. Irene's hips aren't the cause of the problem. They're the messengers. The real problem, the real cause, is her relationship with her family on one hand and her husband on the other, and how she takes in their emotions at the expense of her own needs and values. Where do unmet needs go? Where do unexpressed emotions and deeply held yet denied values live? In the body. And in Irene's case, her hips, her feet, her back. The healings I do may be effective for a time, but if she returns and lives in the place where the disease started and still lives, it's highly likely, almost guaranteed, that she will get reinfected so to speak. Healings, no matter how powerful, won't last unless the environment, the circumstances, the emotional habits which gave rise to the problem also change. This is one reason that healing is often such a slow process. You have to change the environment in order for the healing to take. Otherwise, your efforts at healing are in tension with maintaining the status quo. 
If you go back to the way things were before you got sick, chances are another sickness will find you. Healing is about change. This is one of the many gifts of illness. It wakes you up from the trance of the status quo. And if you listen to your body, it often reveals what in your life is ready for and wanting change. Like the body, which is always changing, always in flux, healing is a never-ending dance between stasis and change. I'm optimistic about Irene. She's lived in so many different houses and knows how to tell stories and laugh and how to make every place she goes hospitable and welcoming. Perhaps in time, with support from those who love her, she will make a home where she feels at home, where she is able to express her values, and where she is truly cherished. In the meantime, I will continue to do healings on her because relief from pain, even if temporary, may help her remember what her body and spirit already know. She is here in this life to flourish. Thanks for listening to The Shaman's Notebook. For more stories about healing, personal, and collective transformation, sign up for The Shaman's Notebook with the link below and get a chance to win a free healing. Next up, I tackle the case of the cutesy cha